Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What Paul is saying is that there can actually be a peace that comes through praying and thanking God. And that peace is not connected to your understanding. In other words, I still, I don't understand, but I can still have peace. It's that peace that's not contingent upon my understanding. It's that peace that does not have to come from my understanding. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Nehemiah. Sometimes our struggles are so frustrating, we just want to make sense of them. We feel we need to make sense of them. Thankfully, as Pastor J.D. reminds us, it's during those times that we can find peace through prayer, through honest and heartfelt conversations with our Heavenly Father, who brings peace in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God is going to get all the glory for what's going to happen through this man, Nehemiah. It is going to be a miraculous rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem. And the reason? Well, the reason is God takes the cupbearers of this life and does the extraordinary and the supernatural so that in the end, even if the cupbearers want to take the credit for it, they can't. Only God gets the glory. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is my resume, by the way. Whenever I have somebody say, hey, did you go to Bible college or seminary or cemetery? (laughs) To which I usually, nothing wrong with that. But my response is, no, I barely graduated high school. I actually had somebody ask me this many years ago. This lady asked me, she says, so what are your qualifications to be a pastor? And I just said, well, my qualifications are 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I I basically turned there, and I'm going to read what I read, beginning of verse 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. I know what I was when I was called. (laughs) I wasn't even a (laughs) cupbearer. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, I love those two words. I love those two words. I love those two words. They change everything, don't they? But God. But God chose the foolish things of the world (laughs) to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. I'm going to put both hands up on that one. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. You want to know why? I'm so glad you asked. The answer is in verse 29. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us 
wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, verse 31, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know what I love when someone says to me, man, God really spoke to me through that teaching. I just say, praise the Lord. Because obviously you heard a different sermon than the one I preached. Well, you were in the right church. You were here in this church, but the Holy Spirit took my words and tailor-fit them to that need in your heart that only God knows, because God sees the heart. And boy, I tell you, it takes the pressure off of me. I don't have to be clever, good thing, because I'm not. I don't have to be, you know, savvy. I don't have to be slick, thank God. I don't even have to look slick. Really thank God for that. But all I have to do is just be faithful to the calling and preach the word. And he does all the rest. He does all the rest. I mean, after all, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through anyone. And so I like having donkey underneath my name. In fact, I'm sometimes tempted to have my cards changed and just have it say, Uh, Senior donkey. I'm the senior donkey. Second thought is the content of Nehemiah's prayer. Did you notice something striking in that prayer as I read it and as you followed along? Did it have a resemblance to what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really where Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I mean, you know it, backwards and forwards, right? Well, I believe this is really how Nehemiah prayed. One of the best acronyms I've ever heard for how to pray is ACTS, like the book of ACTS. And the A is for acknowledge, the C is for confess, the T is for thanksgiving, And the S is for supplication. And that's basically the template that Nehemiah uses. He starts off just acknowledging God. Oh God, who is like unto you? Listen, I'm not big on formulizing, especially when it comes to prayer, but anything, I'm all for anything that helps when it comes to prayer. And the reason is is that I think unfortunately and sadly really, Prayer, which should be so simple, has been so complicated. I mean, if you really think about it, what is prayer? Prayer is just talking to God. It's just communicating with God. And by the way, prayer is not necessarily a monologue. It's a dialogue. One of the things, in fact, just today in my time of prayer throughout the day, I'll pray and then I'll be in the Word and I'll just pause and allow for time for the Lord to speak back to me through his word. And he did that today through one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 91. And it's been likened to a phone where you have the, this is the old fashioned phone. (laughs) This is the dial. No, the cell phones now are more like this. And the microphone is the, is the prayer, us talking to God. And the speaker is the word of God, him talking to us. 
And he, he speaks to us through his word. He responds to us. And sometimes when you don't really know how to pray, just pray through the word. I love praying through the Proverbs. Oh my goodness. Just take a chapter. There's a chapter for every day of the month in Proverbs. So what's today? The, what is the day today? The 17th? Go to Proverbs 17. Start in verse 1. And you read the verse, and then you just kind of turn it into a prayer. Lord, I don't want to be numbered amongst the foolish who do this. I want to be wise. Give me that wisdom from above that I may do this instead. And that's just verse 1. Before you know it, you have when you pray through that entire chapter, oh my goodness, there's that peace that comes that Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4, when he says, don't worry about anything. And here's the way not to worry about nothing. Pray about everything and thank God for anything. And then that peace that surpasses human understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now think about that. It's that peace that's not predicated upon your understanding. In other words, there is a peace that comes with understanding. I mean, I'm calmed and I'm at peace when I do understand, but what Paul is saying is that there can actually be a peace that comes through praying and thanking God, and that peace is not connected to your understanding. In other words, I still, I don't understand, but I can still have peace. It's that peace that's not contingent upon my understanding. It's that peace that does not have to come from my understanding. Boy, if I'm only at peace when I understand, how often am I going to be at peace? It's kind of like if I'm only joyful when I'm not going through a trial, oh my goodness, I'm going to be joyful like three days a year, because <laughs> that's about the only time it seems that I'm not in the midst of a trial. So it, it cannot be connected. And Jesus said, I give you a peace that the world does not give. That's the kind of peace that I give to you. My peace I give to you. Well, this is the prayer that Nehemiah prays. And here's the thing. God answers the prayer. God always answers prayer. Whether you realize it or not, you will get your answer. You may not like the answer, but you'll get the answer. Because God is either going to answer with a no, or he's going to answer with a yes, or he's going to answer with a wait which we hate to wait, right? I mean, come on, don't look at me like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, we love the yes. Um, sometimes we'll get through the no. I mean, down the road, we'll thank God for the prayers that he gave us the no on, because, oh my goodness, Lord, if you would have said yes to that prayer request, I can't even imagine, which is why he didn't. Because God knows the end from the beginning. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So it wouldn't have been good if he would have answered that prayer that way. But this is the one that is the hardest, and it's the wait answer. But you have to understand something. God's timing is always perfect. And such is the case here. You know why? Because Nehemiah is going to have to wait Four months. Listen, in our day and age, we get upset and become incessant when we have to wait four minutes. 
We want a microwave prayer. We just stick it in, push the buttons, and boom, there it is. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Right? Well, he's going to wait four months, and as we're going to soon see, this would have profound prophetic implications. I love what Isaiah says about those who wait. Wait and wait. (laughs) Isaiah 64 verse 4, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who, listen, acts for the one who waits for him. Simply waiting for the Lord to act. This is one of my favorites, Isaiah 30, verses 18 and 19. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. The ones who wait will be blessed. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. Boy, that's a word for those that are in Jerusalem now, awaiting Nehemiah's arrival. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. And listen to this. Pay particular attention to this. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. What? Yeah, as soon as you pray, oh, he's already answered. It's just he got you got the wait answer. So, Nehemiah, I'm answering your prayer this way. Wait, four months, I'll answer. I, I'm, I'm answering you now, but you're going to have to wait. And you'll see how blessed you're going to be because you waited for me. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It all comes by way of waiting on the Lord. Chapter 2. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city The place of my father's tombs lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Listen, for those of you who are 
just now becoming acquainted with who this Nehemiah was, you're going to fall in love with this guy. I just, I can't wait for you to get to know who this man was. Don't you just love this? (laughs) What's his first response? He prays. He prays. In the quietness of his heart, in that very instant, he prays. You know why he prays? First of all, we know he's a man of prayer, but he prays because he's in a very dangerous position, as we'll see next. Verse 5, and I said to the king, now he's prayed. It, It had to be a very short prayer. Had to be one of those Peter prayers. You know those three-word prayers? Lord, save me. Aren't you glad God answers three-word prayers? (laughs) This is probably one of those three-word prayers of Nehemiah. Oh, God help me. Had to be real short, because now he's got to answer the king. So what's his answer to the king? Verse 5, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Dude, you're just a cupbearer. What are you talking about? Well, this is interesting. You have to understand why it is that Nehemiah is in such a dangerous position. Actually, he's in a life and death position here for a number of reasons, one of which is this. Uh, To have a sad countenance in the presence of the king, especially as the king's cupbearer, it could mean off with your head because it was a reflection of the king. If you have, and keep this in mind, as the cupbearer, he's got to make sure he oversaw everything because there could be a plot to poison and kill the king. So here Nehemiah comes in and he's, you know, got a worried look on his face like, We're going to poison the king. (laughs) Why are you so sad, Nehemiah? (laughs) Right? That's the dangerous position that he's in. But here's another reason why he's in a dangerous position. (laughs) This is the same king of Persia that had stopped the work in the first place. And now Nehemiah is asking the king to let him go and rebuild the walls. Wow, that that takes some guts. I mean, certainly the king could perceive this as being disloyalty and even betrayal. And all the king had to do is just say the word and it's off with his head. He's done. Now, here's a question. Why would Nehemiah take this risk? What was it about Nehemiah that gave him this ability to take this risk and ask this of the king. You know what I think it is? I really believe that the answer is that praying had given him that confidence in the Lord. Let me say the same thing a different way. Because he had prayed. Now keep in mind, prior, when he heard the news, prior to this particular day that we're told about, where he brings the wine 
to the king as the cupbearer. Prior to that, he's already been praying and fasting and weeping before the Lord for days. You don't think he heard from the Lord? You don't think the Lord answers prayer? I've heard it said this way. If God doesn't answer prayer, rip up your Bibles. If God doesn't answer prayer, what are we doing here? What is this, a joke? If God doesn't answer prayer, if God doesn't hearken unto the voice of the cry of one of his own who's weeping before him, mourning, praying, fasting, crying out to him, you don't think God's going to respond? You don't think God's going to give him an answer? You don't think God's going to encourage him and strengthen him and answer him and respond to him? I think he had a powerful and intimate encounter with the true and living God. I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel <laughs> close by. <laughs> When he, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? But can you imagine? Nehemiah is just before the Lord on his face. You don't think the Lord ministered to him? Nehemiah, you'll see what I'm going to do. You'll see what I'm going to do. And that's where the courage came from. You know, sometimes when you spend time in prayer, you just rise with this sanctified strength. Man, God's got this. <laughs> Listen, I know how I am with my children as an earthly fallen father. This is my heavenly father we're talking about here. And I'm one of his, and I come to him, and I cry out to him. And what I'm asking of him is the very desire he put on my heart in the first place. Oh, <laughs> Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I really believe that Nehemiah knows that God has already gone before him. And that's a good prayer too, by the way. It's that, Lord, just go before me. And I know you are for me. And if you're for me, who or what? What king, what ruler, what obstacle can possibly be against me if you're for me? If you're for me, no problem. No problem. And he had that sanctified resolve in his hip pocket, so to speak, on that particular day. It was already there. And then, <laughs> that was before. And then, I would just have loved to have known what the Lord ministered to Nehemiah when he prayed in that, just that instant, that very short prayer. Lord, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to give me the words to speak, right? Yeah. To speak. I've gone before you. I am for you. You'll see. You'll see. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to stay connected with you, so please visit our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find a link to our Twitter feed where you can join the conversation and fill your feed with encouragement. We'd also love to see you here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. 
Directions can be found on our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, you can still benefit from Pastor J.D.'s teachings through our online resources at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Simply click listen on the top of the page to find a number of previous messages by Pastor J.D. from various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update, where Pastor J.D. shares current events and their prophetic importance. Here's Pastor J.D. to tell you more. Yes, Josh, that's right. In doing the prophecy updates, we do focus our attention on current events through the lens of Bible prophecy. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 29, Jesus said that he has told us what's going to happen before it happens, so when it happens, we will believe. This is why we have a very simple gospel presentation at the end of each prophecy update. It's our hope and prayer that many would come to salvation in Jesus Christ. Sure hope you'll join us each and every Friday and Saturday for our Bible prophecy update. You can also find the updates at inspiritandtruthradio.com. There you'll find a link to our YouTube channel for the latest update. Thanks, Pastor J.D. We're so glad you tuned in today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has much more to share from the Old Testament book of Nehemiah when you join us again. May your day and week be blessed as you continue to grow in spirit and truth.